Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, beautiful people? And welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. And today, ah, man, today, I'm not going to lie, man. Usually I put this show out and I make sure I get everything done um, for the Monday show for you guys. I try to put it out on Sundays so that first thing in the morning, man, you got that fire uh, to listen to. Um, Like most people, I woke up this morning dragging my feet. Um, I think everyone knows by this point in time, the legendary NBA player, entrepreneur, LA legend, um, Kobe Bean Bryant, um, along with his daughter Gianna and, um, and seven other individuals, um, Unfortunately, passed away in a helicopter crash um, Sunday morning. Said it was somewhere around, you know, right before 10 a.m. Um, that day, and uh, and I think this news. I think everybody already knows, and I know it's been everywhere on everything from Sports Center to Fam. I can't even look at my phone right now. Like social media is just totally sad. Uh, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a hot second to So this okay check it out Everybody has their their sports heroes Fam being in Chicago everybody wanted to be like Mike everybody In nineteen in ninety six was Kobe's rookie year. I was ten, and I remember vividly. And obviously, you know that's right in the midst of Mike doing his thing. The Bulls crushing the league. And um. And when the league started, obviously in '96, that was the the rookie year. Kobe and also the the great uh, Bubba Chuck man, Allen Iverson. And it was a thing. It was a legitimate thing that was like, yo, you either AI guy or you're a Kobe guy. And from the jump, man, I was a Kobe dude. I had that Slam magazine. If you don't remember, man, go back, check it out. Yo, that Slam magazine had everybody on the cover. That that rookie class was fire. Kobe, AI, Ray Allen, Steve Nash, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Jermaine O'Neal. Fam, that class was absolutely bananas. Um, and everybody had their people. 
But Kobe was my guy. So, I've obviously I followed his career. As we all know, Kobe came into the league, you know, 96, 17 years old, youngest ever playing the NBA game. 18 all-star appearances, MVPs. Come on, man. Five-time, you know, champion. We know about all the accolades. Oscar winner. You know what I'm saying? But all in all, man, that, that was my guy. Through the ups, through the downs, I was a Kobe dude. In the land of Mike, I was rocking with Kobe. And I always did. We saw him grow, man. And and it feels like he was like an older brother, right? We saw him come in the league as, as a boy. Fam, 17 years old is a baby. We see him come in the league. We saw him grow up. We saw him go through his ups. We saw him go through his downs. We saw him grow as a man. We saw him become a father. We saw what he meant, especially post-career, what he meant to the league and what he meant to Man, globally, what he meant to LA. I mean, Kobe was a, a it was a world brand. That's a global brand, man. So So when you think about it, man, and and seeing growing with somebody, watching, and I think the thing that really most impresses people is not only what he has done, obviously what he's done in the in his arena, but also what he's done, obviously post career, what he's become, um, the mentor, the leader, the entrepreneur, the philanthropist, the stories continue coming in. How when the lockout happened, how he told younger players, fam, save money. And if they didn't have it, he loaned them the bread so they can survive. We had those type of stories come out. People talked about how kind and how giving he was outside uh, of basketball. And it's funny because the cope that we all remembered I mean, obviously, come on, fam. Mamba mentality. We saw everything. And I'm sorry if I'm doing a, a terrible job of really breaking this down, but I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. This, this is very difficult for me. Kobe wasn't just my favorite athlete. Yo, that was my guy. He was my icon. He was my hero. Yo, to the point that I had a number of my best friends call me just to make sure I was okay. I can't imagine how his family and the individuals who knew him feel. My thoughts and prayers go out to Vanessa, the kids, the entire Brian family. 
the families that were also lost in the crash. My God. I, I generally couldn't imagine. And, and, and the thing is this, when you think about not many moments happen when you can really sit back and then the entire world shifts. The entire world skips a beat. That, that doesn't happen. But it did yesterday. When we lost Bean. When I heard about it, man, fam, I was at a memorial. I was at a funeral when I heard about it. I got a call, and I think just like everybody else, when I first got the call, I was like, man, get the fuck off my phone. My, my big cousin called me. My cousin, I love him to death. Eddie man, I love him to death. But, yo, especially in terms of sports, Buddy has no clue what's going on, right? <laughs> so he calls me. I'm at this thing. Yo, bro, I'm at this thing. Let me give you a call back. Hey, man, is it true? Is what true? Kobe died. Yo, man, get the fuck off my phone, man. I, I'll call you back. And it was right before everything else happened. So, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing everything. You're hearing everything come in. And it was awful, man. When you, when you really actually hear that it, it came through and, and I was overwhelmed. Fam, I've been crying all night. Like, and I'm not even like, talking about like regular tears. I, I've been bawling. Like, it's nuts. Um, been rocking my cold jersey all day. I've been rocking the all black eight jersey. Come on, son. You know how we get down. And I know I'm circling this right, but uh, it, it really is hard to put into words. I think all of us have a moment, especially if we're basketball fans of Kobe. We all have sat, de- sat back and when you're, you know, in school, in class, come on, man. We've all done this. You grab a piece of paper, you crumple it up, you go ahead and shoot. Kobe! Fan, we've all done that. Yo, do yourself a solid, man. Don't let that, don't let that die. Every time you go out there and you go to shoot, you go to throw something away, you about to toss the, gar- the garbage out, you go outside, it's Thursday, trash coming, you're like, oh, let me go throw, the- throw this out. Open that can up, man. Go ahead and shoot one up for Kobe, man. Kobe! Let it rock, man. Um, I think the thoughts that go through my head is really a couple of things. Seeing the man that he's become, seeing the father that he's become, seeing the relationship that he and Gigi had, that's what really broke my heart, man. When I found out Gigi was with him as well, man, I, oh, it was nuts, especially seeing the the joy that he brought in. Fam, I've been a Kobe fan my entire life. My entire life, I've been a Kobe fan. I knew I found out about this dude when I was nine. He's everything I know. I'm, bro, I'm 33, yo. And seeing who he's become, I've never seen Kobe happier. Never. In my life, fam, I've never seen that cat happier, man. Seeing what he's done uh, post, he's, he's, he's creative, he's growing, he's, he's, he's really taking the same ferocity and passion 
that he had for the game of basketball to every component of his life. He was a leader. The words of wisdom ring true. And I'm going to finish the episode off with some some words from Cope. Um, but man, all in all, again, before I continue belaboring this point and continue going over and over again, and, and obviously this isn't how I want to start the show, right? But I felt it was important to show love and appreciation for the individuals, you know, and the families that were lost. We send love to their families. And I know they're not going to hear this show, but it's still, man, we, we have to send them all the positive thoughts and prayers. L.A., my second home, L.A., I love you. I'm so sorry that L.A. has to go through this. Within 10 months, l- losing Nip, losing Kobe, two individuals that were huge in the community, huge entrepreneurs, philanthropists, people that gave back to themselves and their community and their families and their people. Ah. Oh. Fam, it breaks my heart. And you guys know, man, I talked about that then as well, man. That that was my guy also. Listened to him for years. So what I did today, and I think all of us do, if you want to really honor Kobe and you want to honor Nip, man, go, go, go get it. Don't make excuses. Don't belabor the point. Don't be lazy. Don't get in your own fucking way. You put your nose down. You grind. You grind. Don't do. If someone's knocking you, if someone's saying you can't do it, fuck them. Prove them wrong. Make that shit happen regardless. Have that mamba mentality. And when you do it, man, go ahead and throw one up a cold, man. Um, I've been listening to Co- I've been listening to everything. I've been watching, uh, listening to Nip and watching all the cold shit, man. But uh, look, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Um, yo, my thoughts and prayers go out to Kobe, his fam, everyone involved, everyone affected. Uh, we're all grieving together. Uh, for all of us whom, you know, all my friends and family, everyone who has touched me or been a part of my life, I love you. I do. I really love you. Um, let's make a point to link up and, and touch base soon. Uh, my girlfriend, baby, I love you. My dog, I love you. Everyone in my like seriously. Make sure you you hold your people tight, man, because, man, you never know when it's your time. All right, man, let's um, let's go ahead and take a quick break, man. We're going to go ahead and listen to a quick word from our sponsors, and we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, episode 179. All right, all right. Look, Sage Eats is our wonderful sponsor. Remember, man, each and every week, we are brought to you by Sage Eats. They offer healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Now, check it out. 
If you are not in Chicago, it's cool Sage Eats has something for you. Yes, they can't drop healthy meals off directly to your home or office, but what they can do is write workouts directly for you. Send them to you. Your fitness mentor will hook you up. They'll help you out. And they also have a nutrition consultant on staff. So check it out. Check out Sage Eats today. Sage Eats Chicago. Um, check them out everywhere on all social media platforms. Also, don't forget to tell your friends, your family, and everybody you love about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast, man. And I am the Underground King, but you can check us out everywhere. Podcasts are available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also, check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Follow me at Serge Vicente. I'm the Underground King, and this is episode 179. All right, go ahead and enjoy this episode. Woo, man, I'm not going to lie to you guys, that was a little difficult. Um, <laughs> yo, yo, your boy's been boohooing all day, fam, and it, it has been a rough one. Uh, but all in all, look, there were some fights this weekend, man, a lot of fun. So on today's menu, we're going to go ahead and break down all the weekend action. Bellator 238, UFC Raleigh. Yo, what is going on with Stephen A. Smith and Joe Rogan? And I have some thoughts and some comments about Brendan Schaub and some comments that he made about the late grape nip hustle. So we're going to break all this down and more on episode 179 of the Fire Podcast. Fam, I'm almost at a buck 80. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I feel like I've been saying I'm at a buck 80 for like the last three months. It's felt like it. Uh, but we're almost here. One more. We out the 170s. Uh, man, uh, obviously this week has been kind of shitty so far. But uh, this weekend, yo, a lot of fights. A lot of fights, man. Uh, not only do we have Bellator this weekend, the first time we were able to see Chris Cyborg and Bellator against an, a not not just an opponent, Julia Budd. Julia Budd is an absolute beast. One of the only people to ever beat Gina Carano. Fam, that's ridiculous. So she went out there. She had to fight Chris Cyborg. The entire card was fire. In fact, the Bellator card, in all reality, was better than the UFC card. I know most times we think that's blasphemous, but nah, <laughs> not this time. It was nuts. So a uh, great card there. The UFC card also, yo, main event happened, man, and it really, really showed out. Chi-Town's uh, very own. Uh, Curtis Blades against JDS, man. We had that on the boxing end. We had Danny Garcia getting it cracking and Jared Hurd, man. So there was a lot of fights, a lot of fights, a lot of great action. But you know what, man? Um, let, let's do this. Before we jump into all the fights, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, the great, and I do say the great uh, journalist and analyst with ESPN, the host of First Take, um, he, he's come under criticism as of recently. 
I, for those of us who listen, you guys know I've been extremely critical of Stephen A over the last few months. It really, really started for me um, when he was crushing Andy Ruiz Jr. I have a couple other beefs with him, but for me on this show, that's when I really started riding him because I'm like, fam, you, you generally do not sound as if you know about fighting. And the way that he speaks about fighters is totally disparaging. So he was back in the news because, as we all know, UFC 246 happened. He, it was, you know, him. And for some reason, they had Stephen A. Smith come out there to talk about the Conor McGregor fight. And I know ESPN is now part of the UFC. But, man, Stephen A. Smith put his foot in his mouth. He goes out there, and in reality, bro, he just absolutely dragged Cowboy down Cerrone. Drags Cowboy, says, in reality, just all kinds of despicable things. Now, I'll preface my statement by saying this. He did say some things that were factual. He did. But the issue wasn't the things that he said that was factual. People crushed him for really going out there and completely shitting on Donna Cowboy Cerrone. And the way he said it, you can tell he didn't know anything about the sport. He didn't know about Donna Cowboy Cerrone. And the way he speaks about the sport was like someone whom doesn't know. Was like someone whom was just given show notes before. He got producer notes, people. Somebody handed him producer notes and he just regurgitated what the notes were there. So after he goes out there, makes a complete ass of himself in the post fight of the last UFC headline by Conor McGregor and uh, Donald Cerrone. He also went out there on the post fight show again and said some more disparaging things about Buddy. This week comes up. Joe Rogan has his MMA show. The great Josh Thompson, former Strike Force fighter, former UFC fighter, the current Bellator analyst, he's on the show. If you don't know Josh Thompson, you need to check him out. He is the only person in UFC history to ever knock out Nate Diaz. Who was that, Serge? Yes, Nathan Diaz. That Nathan Diaz. He knocked him out with a head kick of all things. Let you know how dope Josh Thompson was, former champion at Strike Force. Dude is an absolute legend, and he's amazing at breaking all down the X's and O's. He's been in there with the best of the best. So he's on the show, and he's talking about Stephen A. Smith. Joe Rogan makes a comment. He goes out there and says, Yo, check it out. Stephen A. shouldn't be there. You can tell he doesn't understand the sport. I would have had a better conversation if it was Daniel Cormier or Brett Akamoto or anybody else. But it's, it, the reason he felt that way, and he even said it, it's not that he's not a smart guy. But it was a bad look on him because it made himself look as if he didn't know what he was talking about. It was a bad look for ESPN. Because they put him there. And it was a bad look for the sport. 
because he shit on one of the greatest athletes to ever compete and one of the most experienced athletes to ever have competed in the game. So obviously when this came out, everyone thought it was just, yeah, that, that, that's pretty right. Well, Stephen A. Smith didn't feel the same way. Stephen A. Smith felt the need to go out there and put a video out against Joe Rogan. And this is what he said. Nothing but But you're wrong on this one, my man. Me, Stephen A. Smith, me being at the Conor McGregor fight against Cowboy Cerrone, saying what I said that he didn't show us much in 40 seconds, that warrants. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for me. It's not good for ESPN. First of all, as it pertains to ESPN, check the numbers. The subscribers to ESPN plus the level of attention that it got, the traffic that it generated in digital and beyond. Check the numbers, number one. That's not just because of me. That's because of you. Because of Ario. Because of Chev. Because of Michael Bisping. And everybody else associated with it. Check the numbers, number one. Not good for the sport. I think that's good for the sport. I certainly don't claim to be the aficionado you are or anybody else covering this sport. But excuse me. I have been a reporter for 25 years. I have covered sports on a variety of competitive levels, regardless of what the sport is. That includes boxing and the UFC. And I don't give a damn if I did it. It don't take much to look at three shoulder shots to the nose that Conor McGregor gave Cowboy Cerrone, watching him fold inside of 20 seconds, knowing that he only got one strike off. And oh, by the way, that was blocked by Conor. It doesn't take much to look at the fight and say, excuse me, I didn't see enough to convince me that Conor in a rematch, in a rematch against Nomega Metal, that wouldn't cut it. Or in a fight against Masvidal, that wouldn't cut it. Because that's what you judge greatness by. It's not just the fight that they're in, it's who they're about to go against. What are we talking about here? We're talking about Conor McGregor against one of those two guys potentially next. So you look at him and you say, excuse me, did I see enough? After such a long layoff, losing an Omega Medoff, and before that, an exhibition boxing match against Floyd Money Mayweather. Did you see enough? Hell no, we didn't see enough. Nothing wrong with that. I stated that that night. I stated again. I'll state it next week, next month, next year. I stand by that. And I don't think disagreeing with that position warrants the kind of criticism that came in my direction. Having said that, you're entitled. You have your right, just like I have my right to respond, as I'm doing right now. But anytime you want to talk to me about this fight, or you want to talk to me about my credentials to discuss something in the world of sports, name the time and place, Joe Rogan, I'll show up. It's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. You don't know me, so I'm not going to knock you for speaking out the way you spoke out without calling me. I don't care about all of that. I respect where you're coming from. You're just wrong on this particular one. And I'm telling you, you're wrong. Conor McGregor did not get the opportunity to show us enough for us to believe the Mega Medal for Masvidal. That's something that could potentially happen to them. I didn't see it because Cowboy Cerrone in his first pay-per-view match folded. I respect him, but he folded like a cheap tin. Period. Bad night for him. That's all. I stand by that. I still stand by that. All right, man. So check it out. Stephen A. Smith coming out there bloviating like he always does. No, here's the thing. It's not. Here's a couple things. Let's, let's start off with this. 
at best, the statements that he just said are extremely misleading. And I say that because this, he goes out there and really goes and says, oh, you guys said that we didn't see enough from Conor McGregor. Well, a couple things. We did see something from Conor McGregor. We see that after a year and a half off, he can go out there and still perform at the highest level, beating an elite fighter. We saw that. We saw that he still comes out like a bat out of hell. We also saw that even if Conor McGregor is somebody that he didn't have to talk shit to have the same ferocity when he actually walked into the cage. We did see that. But that wasn't the issue. And that's also not what he said while he was out there. In fact, and I quote, he said, we didn't see a damn thing. I didn't learn a damn thing. And so on and so forth. He, my next point is this. He ignores the actual comments that he made. He completely forgets about how not only did he say, I got hit more than Conor McGregor. That's what he said. He, he goes out there and again, he shits on a legendary fighter. I got hit more. Oh, he folded like a cheap tent. In that video, he literally shits on Cowboy again to try to make his point. And then not to mention in the video when he was up at the desk, he goes on to sit there and say, oh, they got a clinch and this is what he did. All you got to do is take a step back. When you're in a clinch, all you have to do is take a step back. Yo. You definitely don't understand the game because if you actually watch the sport, you would know that, for instance, prime example, Robbie Lawler started the fight off of Cowboy Cerrone the exact same way. He went out there and busted Cowboy dead in his grill. And what a Cowboy do? He tries to pull into the clinch. He tries to absorb you so that you're not continually bopping him in his grill. He did the same thing with Eddie Alvarez. But being the fact that he doesn't, A, know the sport, B, understand the history of the sport, C, understand the athletes that are actually competing in front of him, what do we expect? But also, let's think about this. And this is where I'm going to, I'm going to shoot Buddy some bail, right? I'm going to shoot him bail because of this, fam. It's just not your lane. It's not his lane. And look, I'm sure if I had an opportunity, I had to sit there and break down football and basketball and baseball and jet, whatever the fuck else you got to do on ESPN, I'm sure I would make mistakes also. But again, there's a reason why First Take has NBA analysts. NFL analysts, sports-specific analysts. You can't know everything, and I get that. 
But what that tells me is this, that means somebody else should have been in that position. Not Stephen A. Not Stephen A. And again, the thing that makes uh, makes it an issue for the MMA community, because here's, I'm going to say this, a couple of things. Joe Rogan, 1,000% correct. 1,000% correct. It wasn't even close. He wasn't malicious. He didn't call him out. He just stated facts, fam. This isn't your lane. You don't know what you're doing, and it made it look bad. ESPN, whoever idea was to put Stephen A. Smith there, you're an idiot. That's who the idiot is. You're an idiot. To think that you need Stephen A. Smith to boost your... Oh, and let's not get on that. He literally goes on this video. And I'm going to be honest with you, yo. Stephen A. Smith, this is as soft as wet puppy shit. You're going to go out there. What it sounds like, it sounds like Stephen A. Smith is trying to make a pitch to get on the biggest show in the world. That's what it sounds like. He is begging to be on the Joe Rogan experience. That is what it sounds like. Because let's be honest with you. Though they're going to pull, he thinks it's because of him that they got numbers? No, we want to hear what's happening after the biggest fight of the year. But his arrogance won't allow him to see that. And that's the issue. And again, that is the reason why Stephen A. Smith does not belong there. Stephen A. Smith doesn't know fighting. I think he is a fan of boxing. But in terms of MMA, I think he probably wants to know more about it. But he doesn't have time to do the research. He doesn't. But to sit there and go out there and say, yo... Essentially, he's the reason. Go go check the numbers. Number one, go check the numbers. For him to say that, fam, really? Do you not know who Joe Rogan is? He was on news radio. He was on Fear Factor. Joe Rogan is, in spades, a bigger star than Stephen A. Smith. Especially... In the combat sports community. So in terms of him sitting there going out there. You need to apologize. For someone who goes out there. And literally shits talks athletes for a living. The moment that he got a little bit of smoke. His feelings got hurt. Bruh. Girl pair. Even. (laughs) Conor McGregor. Even went out there and went in on Buddy. How crazy is that? The fact that your boy had to go out there and essentially say, look, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up for you guys because it is what it is and it actually is relevant. Stephen A. Smith went out there and said, oh, my goodness, I almost forgot. So Stephen A. Smith goes out there and says, Cowboy Cerrone in his first pay-per-view match folded. I respect him, but he folded like a cheap tent. Period. And I stand by that. Bro. That wasn't. Get your facts straight. That was not Cowboy's first main event. That wasn't his first pay-per-view. 
He's been on a litany of pay-per-views. He's been on so many pay-per-views. But that was the first headlining pay-per-view event. So the fact that he said that not once, he said it during the 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 uh, the video that I had that you guys listened to. He said it during the broadcast multiple times. He continued saying it over and over again. So in his mind, he's like, oh, this guy didn't show up because the lights were too hot. No, man. Here's the thing. And I was critical of Donald Sorony's performance. And the reason I was critical of this performance is because knowing that you tend to be a little bit of a slow starter, you need to go out there and do everything in your power to not get caught with it. You need to move. You need to have a different game plan. And he didn't. So I was disappointed in him. But guess what? If we go down and look at the 50 fights that Donald Cerrone has in his MMA career, Donald Cerrone always loses to elite competition. If you are the upper echelon, he takes an L. There's nothing wrong with that. He's one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. He's just not at the top level. He's one notch down. Just one tiny notch down. That doesn't take anything away from Donald Cerrone. That still means he's one of the greatest fighters that we have ever seen in the sport. But to go out there and just completely drag, that is the problem, Stephen A. Smith. That, that was the issue. Nothing else. And your arrogance, you got to fix that. But uh, Connor actually also goes out there. He comments on this and says, broken nose, broken orbital bone, say different. Fighting is vicious. Those who make the walk deserve full respect. Apologize. He knows it. Cowboy Cerrone suffered a broken nose and a broken orbital in 40 seconds. Stephen A. Smith, we saw you practicing dick punches or whatever the fuck that was. And the first thing he said was, I had a bad shoulder. Bruh, he had a broken face. Do you feel for him now or no? So Joe Rogan's right, Stephen A. Smith. Conor McGregor's right. The MMA community is right. You need to apologize. And ESPN, he needs to never do what UFC broadcast again in his life. All right, man, look. We'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, and let's, let, let, let's do this. Since we're already a little spicy and I'm talking about media personalities, Brendan Schaub. <laughs> Brendan Schaub. Um, yo, I got a love-hate relationship with Brendan Schaub, which I think most uh, MMA fans and, and, and people do. I think that what he has done for himself the example that he has set for other fighters is phenomenal. Really is, man. Yo, dude hustles his ass off. Granted, you know, I mean, he, he does. He's comedy. Look, I'm not trying to shit on dude. I don't think his, his comedy is funny. But at the end of the day, he's doing it. I'm not. Dude is a, like, he hustles his ass off. Dude grinds. And I appreciate that. 
And he has some of the, he is one of the most respected names in the sport because of the platform that he has. So I give him all the love and respect in that capacity. But this fool puts his foot in his mouth so much. It's nuts. And it always really, for me, man, it brings it back to it's like, fam, are you that out of touch? It's crazy. Look, I'm going to tell y'all this. The reason I really got into this industry is because I was listening to Brendan Schaub. And Brendan Schaub was talking out the side of his mouth and said, if you don't like what I do, do it yourself and see if you can do it better. Okay. I was so irritated, I started a podcast. 179 episodes later, I ain't stopped. And guess what, fam? We gonna, we gonna meet one day. We're gonna be able to discuss. It's cool. I'm gonna be one of your contemporaries. I already am. I'm underground king, fam. I'm coming. But he went on his show. And one of the things, then again, one of the other biggest reasons that I, I've, I've really started this is for moments like this. In his grief, talking about Kobe Bryant, he made some comments about Nipsey Hussle. And I'm going to preface my statement by saying this, and I'm going to shoot him some bail. The dude talks for a living. I'm sure he was emotional and he said some wild shit. But before I jump into here, let me let you listen to listen to the clip. And this is really the reason why we need more representation in terms of other individuals aside from just white boys in MMA. All right. Especially in sports media, because then you get comments and insensitive shit like this. I wasn't crying like this, but the, you know, when Nipsey Hussle died, that one to me was more frustrating. It's like, especially what he represented for the, for the black community, like he was your unicorn man and you guys fucking shot him. You shot the unicorn, the guy who was moving the marker for you guys, who was one of the guys who could verbally, verbally and freaking mentally and cerebrally communicate with the world through the lens that from the hood and the ghetto and he was putting resources back into the hood and he was, he was one of you, but he was a unicorn, had the connections actually make a difference. And you fucking shot him. God, the magnitude of what you fucked up, the waves, the, the ripple effect of this unicorn that you took out of that is insane, man. That was more frustrating. Both so fucking tragic. This one, I, I don't. All right. fuck is you guys who the fuck are you talking about Brandon Schaub what he was a leader in the black community and you guys shot him you guys did this shit yo fam you have far too big of a platform to be so dumb black people are not a monolith bro that was one jealous, lonely nigga. That's who that was. One individual. One individual who did it. The black community cherished Nipsey Hussle. They upheld Nipsey Hussle. To this day, they, there are book clubs all over the country 
Chicago has one. LA has one. Boston has one. New York has one. The fuck? Really? To sit there and be that insensitive and really to to disrespect the man's legacy, to disrespect the black community, to sit there and say, you guys shot him, you guys took out your guy. And then to continue bloviating and saying that he had the, he was able to articulate things. And he's a, so essentially what you're saying is, man, he speaks real good. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? And look, I'm not going to stun. I've had my mentors continue telling me, hey, bro, don't, don't, don't come. Don't go so hard at individuals that could help you in the very near future. He's big in this community. You might not want to shit on him. This has to be said. I am tired of these people coming out here and saying terrible things about people in my community. Does, does that not seem insensitive? Does that not seem to be ignorant at the very least? We don't have other individuals that can do that. He's the only unicorn. Like hip hop isn't the number one genre in the world, you fuck. Like we don't have Jay. We don't have everybody else. We don't have Nas. We don't have ever we don't have the black man who went ahead and the billionaire who paid for all those kids at Morehouse. We don't have that. We don't got Charlotte. We don't got Joe Budden. He was an important character. I miss that man dearly. I cried tears for days for Nipsey Hussle. To be that blatantly disrespectful to the black community and say, you guys did this. You guys are the ones. You guys. Hey, Brendan Schaub, fuck you. What kind of shit is that? Oh, and by the way, uh, your friend Mike Perry, hey, bro, fuck you too. Because I still haven't forgot how that dude went ahead and keeps on dropping the end, the end bomb like it's nothing. It blows my mind how people are allowed to say ignorant things about other communities, and it's just okay. Ari Shafir literally went on Twitter today and just shit all over Kobe's grave. Man ain't even in the dirt yet. And Ari Shafir went out here and said it like that. Like, this is ridiculous. And it is a problem. Black people are not a monolith. We're not all the same. We, we are regular people. We all bleed red, homie. Don't do that. Don't do that. And for those of us who love Brandon Schaub, and here's the thing, I say that begrudgingly so because at the end of the day, I'm a fan of his. I'm just so disappointed that you're going to literally put my community in there with just a blanket statement. <sighs> just, just, just ignorant and disrespectful. 
All right, man. Uh, Not going to lie to you guys. This is possibly the most difficult episode that I've ever done. Uh, a couple of these top, these first three topics. Look, I know I'm I'm generally the the fun loving guy, man. Yo, but I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm grieving. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, man. And when I see ignorant shit come out about people in the community I love, MMA, and people, I love people. I don't like people disrespecting any people, especially my community. Yo, I'm black and Puerto Rican and proud of it. And I love MMA. I love combat sports. I ride for this. I've literally bled this sport. And have people come out here and just disrespect my sport and the people that we love in our sport, fam. I'm not here for the shits. But I'm here to tell you guys, I'll keep it a buck for you guys. And I promise you, I will always keep it a buck no matter what. So check it out, man. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring, man. Dude, I know. Uh, <laughs> Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring, man. Sign up for Sage Eats today. SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three Month. Check us out all social media platforms at Sage Eats Chicago. Check out the website at Sage Eats Chicago. Also, check out the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available for the greatest combat, sports, and culture show in the entire universe. Uh, check us out at the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. And check me out, the Underground King at Serge Vicente. All right. Real quick, let's go ahead and run through these, man. Bellator 236 was this weekend. Yo, good card, man. A lot of fun. Uh, Julia Budd defended her 145-pound belt against the legend Chris Cyborg. And Chris Cyborg was who she thought we thought she was. She went out there, righted the wrong Looked happier than she's ever been. She looked like she really learned from her last outing against um, Amanda, Amanda Nunes. Was patient, looked great, and broke down a bigger, extremely well-skilled fighter. She's a beast. She went out here and did absolute work. Got the fourth round finish, man, with a body kick. Was looking amazing, man. And afterwards, she was so happy. She is now Strikeforce champion. Bellator champion, Invicta champion, UFC champion, monster, one of, if not the greatest female fighter of all time. Um, Man, I couldn't be more happy for Chris Cyborg, man. She went out there um, and afterwards, man, she was just, just elated. You can see it in her face. It seemed like the pressure was off. Bruh, she was it, it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And it really does seem like, you know what, now that she's out of the UFC, she can cook. She can be happy. She can do her thing. She can make it happen, man. So look, man, I'm so happy for Chris Cyborg. Congratulations. What a win. I can't wait to see what is next. Yo, she's only like 34. She legitimately has more years in this sport. And I can't wait to see what happens. Also on this card, we have the former 135-pound champ, Darian Caldwell, went out there and did absolute work 
Again, Adam Borick. Man, he just went out there, took him down, took his back within a couple minutes and a half, choked him out. Uh, great win by Darren Caldwell, 15-3. and three, And then afterwards, he is fighting my guy. One of my favorite young fighters to watch. This is really going to be this man's first real challenge. I am talking about AJ McKee, the undefeated upstart, the young man, only 22 years old. He's undefeated in Bellator. He's undefeated in his MMA career. And this dude might be the next big thing in MMA. He fights to the former champion. I can't wait to see this fight. It'll happen later on this year. It is part of the tournament that they have going on, 135 pounds in Bellator. Fam, I am so excited about that fight. I cannot wait. Also, um, on this car, Juan Archuleta, a couple notables, man. Juan Archuleta went out there, got a big W, uh, beat the always tough Henry Corrales. Juan Archuleta is the former um, title challenger. He lost his last fight, but now he's back off the schneid. Record of 24-2. and two. He's back at it. Also, Sergio Pettis, the younger brother of Anthony Pettis, made his Bellator debut. Goes out there and does absolute work. Destroys his opponent in the first round. Um, gets a first round severe naked choke. That's actually his first finish since 2014, man. And he looked good he went out there cracked his opponent with a huge right like four right hands dropped him jumped on his back man looked super aggressive looked in shape looks happy oh man great win for Sergio Pettis also on this card the kickboxing great Raymond Daniels had his third MMA fight and just goes out there and destroys his opponent he also fights at a buck 70 I would love to see a rematch between him and Michael Venom Page. They fought way back in the day in kickboxing, in point karate, and um, they're buddies, but they said they would love to compete against each other again. I would love to see that in the near future. Two guys, extremely exciting. Oh, man, both point fight. If you like the way Michael Venom Page fights, you will love the way Raymond Daniels fights. You should go check him out today. And lastly on this card that I want to talk about is Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico was known as the LeBron James of MMA. He, he was sparring with Miguel Cotto. He was wrestling with Olympic wrestlers. And then he got his ass whooped a bunch in Bellator. That happened because, one, he's fighting outside of his weight class. And two, he's so talented, nobody really wants to fight him. Um, so he gets out the schneid, he comes out there, he gets a big W, and he actually had this to say post-fight. I was capable of winning those fights. I keep saying it over and over again. It's like I was beating Henry Cross in 13 seconds. Like I knocked him down and then I got overly excited. Adam Boris is like I was taking him down at will, you know what I mean? And just got caught with the flying knee. So it wasn't like I was getting one thing I in my losses, I wasn't getting the shit beat out of me for like three rounds where it's like, man, this guy's getting out of class, man. This guy needs to really get back in the gym and work on something because he's just like it's just my little things were like really minute mistakes that I had made in that and he's right there were just little minute mistakes that he was making so this was his first real camp at uh, Jackson Wink and in terms of his last year which was definitely difficult he had to say this it was a tough 2019 year for sure it was it was it was really hard I said a lot of things that uh, a lot of crazy things you know my family um, heard me out I was venting a lot and 
But I have to give it up to the coaches at Jackson Wink, honestly. They brought me in, and, uh, man, they put a lot of damn time in with me and were there for me every single day of the week to, to really help me. So at the time, I'm like, damn, this sucks, you know? But now I enjoy the, I enjoy the, I'm enjoying this now, you know? Of course, you know, tough times don't last forever, but tough people do, you know? That's some, that's a quote that I've, that I've really liked, and I, I just got to keep working. But, yeah, it was definitely very hard, but... One thing that uh, always keeps me in check is being in the gym. So that's where that's where is my my home and safe haven. Last question. Man, I'm proud of that dude, man. He goes out there, he gets off. But we have to remember, man, this kid's only like 23 years old. Everyone's writing him off, but he has such a long career left. Hopefully he really figures out the little holes in his game, man. Uh, but all in all, man, I'm a fan of this kid, man. And I really hope that he continues growing um, in the sport, man. B- because I'm going to be honest with you, we need guys like this. All right. UFC fight night this weekend um, was honestly pretty. Uh, the card itself wasn't the best, but there were some great performances, man. Uh, it was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it was headlined by the number three, Curtis Blades. Again, the number four ranked and former champion, Junior Dos Santos, man. Chicago's very own. De La Salle High School's very own. Curtis Razor Blades goes out there and gets his second round TKO of the former champion JDS in impressive fashion, man. It was great to see, man. First round, Curtis goes out there and actually whiffs on four takedowns. Man, he never whiffs on takedowns. JDS hasn't been taken down since 2014. So obviously we knew that was going to happen, but it was always the threat of the takedown. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. JDS was out there throwing an uppercut, just a blind uppercut. Not setting it up with anything and the moment that he tried to do that again in the second round Curtis saw him looked amazing was light on his toes and landed a hammer drop one directly on JDS's head man JDS staggers back he finishes him off with a couple big knees and some huge lunch boxes to the side of the head bro uh great win by Curtis Blaze but here's the unfortunate thing he's ranked number three which sounds awesome but who's ranked number two Francis Ngannou, bro, Curtis Blaze's record is 13-2. He only has two losses. What are those two losses from? Both losses are both finishes by Francis Ngannou. So he won't get a title shot anytime soon, but he also said he's not waiting for one. He said he deserves one, but he's not going to wait. And actually, he said this. Didn't take much damage in there, so is the next step... A title shot? Is it? I don't know. I don't make yeah. the rules. Uh, I would like for that to be the title shot, but you never know. Um, I hope. That's all I can do is hope. How long are you willing to wait if it's not? I mean, um, if you had to wait six months, is that too much? If you had to wait eight months, is that too much? Eight months is way, way too much. I'm not. I like to be active. I like to get in at least three, three fights a year. So I can wait five to six months, but I'm not. Nothing I'm saying tonight is in stone because it literally just happened. Who knows what happens with Ngannou, Rosenstruck, DC. I don't know what's going on. All right, so look, he's right. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope he has an opportunity, but you got to be. If you were a Curtis Blades fan, you got to be pretty much pulling for Rosenstruck. 
Because if Rosenstruck beats Francis Ngannou, 1,000% Curtis Blades gets a title shot next. But if he doesn't, it's going to be tricky. What happens if John Jones comes heavyweight? We don't know. So it's going to go back and forth. We do not know what's going to happen with that one. But all we do know is that this is the youngest heavyweight in the top 10. He's only 28 years old. He's going to be here for a while. If he continues on the path, if he stays hungry, he will be a champion in the UFC. Mark my words. You can book that shit. All right, man. Uh, also on this card, man, we had the former lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos, against Michael Chiesa. So, yo, Michael Chiesa, I'm a fan of, man. Um, was a 155 pounder really big for the weight class? Ended up um going back going up to buck seventy. Uh, fight somebody in the top ten, man, and yo, he went out there and did work. Absolutely dominated the uh, the fight against uh, Javier Dos Anjos. He had six out of eight takedowns. Um, he landed uh, again in strikes. 54 out of 107 strikes to RDA's 23 out of 52. It was just a complete domination. It was unanimous decision win. Great win against a tough veteran. Yo, real quick. UFC matchmakers, can we give RDA a break? Can we give him somebody who's going to stand and bang with him? Because I swear, he had Usman. He had Kobe Covington. He had Kevin Lee. And now he has another big grappler. Come on, guys. Who who did this dude piss off? Yo, terrible uh, matchmaking. But, yo, he's top five. He's an absolute killer. And now Michael Chiesa should be in that top five. After the fight, man, Michael Chiesa, man, proud of that dude. He went out there and called out Kobe Covington. Yo, that would be a good fight. Two big, amazing grapplers. One grappler wrestling heavy. The other one jujitsu heavy. Michael Chiesa is probably a bigger dude. I would love to see this fight, man. Love the idea of it. Great call out after the fight by Michael Chiesa, man. And really, really damn good win. Speaking of good win, man, Angela Hill, 115-pound standout, man, gets another win. Two wins in a row. She gets a TKO. Um, and uh, look, man. She's kind of been on a tear. Two wins in a row. Um, she looks like she's looked better than ever. She has power. There's something that she's never had. She says she's made some changes in her camp. Yo, I'm a fan of Angela Hill. Um, not only because she called out Mike Perry, but because she's a damn good fighter. Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing. She deserves somebody in the top 15 in her next fight. Uh, but all in all, man, look. Great fights this weekend. Boxing is even this weekend. Uh, Danny Garcia goes out there and does absolute work. I'm going to talk about that in, in, in extent um, with Brandon Camille later on this week. But he did an amazing job. Great win by, um, by Danny Garcia. I'm going to be honest with you. He should get Manny Pacquiao next. I would love to see that fight. That has gives him an opportunity to get another belt. Um, and he looked good. Yeah, it was a 12-round decision, but it was a one-sided ass whooping. I had him winning all 12 rounds. He looked sharp. He looked strong. His footwork looked good. Great fight. Great win by Danny Garcia. Also, 
uh, Philly stand-up, man. F- man, speaking of Philly, man, Kobe's hometown. So, you know, a Philly fighter gets a big win, man. So awesome to see that there. Um, also, Jared Hurd comes back after losing his belt at 155 pounds uh, to J-Rock, uh, Julian Williams. He comes back and um, gets a win against an opponent that he, in my opinion, should have kind of washed. We're going to give him a little bit of time. It was not an impressive win, but it's his first one back. Hopefully, he sh- shucked the cobwebs off. Got, he dropped dude in the 12th round, but all in all, I didn't believe it was the most impressive win by a fighter that I really believe has championship pedigree. Um, I would love to see more of him. I would have loved to see a little bit more movement uh, from Jared Hurd. Uh, and let me, let me rephrase that. I would love to see movement with action. He was moving, but he wasn't, didn't have any action. He wasn't throwing his hands. And then it was just either, you know, I'm moving backwards, moving backwards, moving backwards, or I'm throwing punches. It, it wasn't a combination. It didn't look like an elite fighter, which he is. So I hope he comes back and uh, really in his next performance, get that one out of the way. It was an opponent that you should have watched. I can't wait to see what happens next with Jared Hurd because we already talked about it. That 155-pound weight class is nasty it might be the best weight class in all of boxing man all right yo that was a rough one today (laughs) that was hard i'm not gonna lie to you guys um look um a lot of great fights coming up this week we'll be back i have brandon camille coming on later on this week i have a couple other surprises for you as well uh, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats each and every week. Check out Sage Eats. Um, uh, and yeah, man, thank you for supporting as always. Um, I really appreciate everyone who listens. I, I appreciate, um, you know, yo, just love love your people, man. Love, love, your, love your people around you. Uh, this has been a rough one. Promise you guys I'll have the energy back our next episode. Uh, but all in all, man, all the love. Peace, love to everybody. And before we get out of here, bro, let, let, let's let let uh, Kobe Bean Bryant get let us out of here with some words of wisdom. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most It's how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Peace.